Alrighty, everybody. Good afternoon. Guru and Wiz. Fantasy football podcast. And time is a ticking, Wiz. We are less than two weeks now from the start of the NFL season. And uh, less than a week away from our first draft. And uh, I'm sure next weekend uh, there will be a pickup in intensity in folks drafting as we get ready for the 2023 NFL season and fantasy season. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's upon us. Hopefully uh, people are following and listening and, uh, you know, using what we say and then uh, taking from that and uh, adding their own ideas and uh, prepared um, for the start of the season and the start of the fantasy football season. And uh, it hasn't been easy. I mean, you know, we got injuries and holdouts here for some key, key players and uh, it makes drafting uh, without the result um, known pretty intriguing. So before we get into this podcast, I, I know you had felt that the Jacob situation was going to be a little bit murkier uh, versus the Taylor situation. This is kind of going back a few weeks ago. Things have changed, obviously, with the request for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, certainly, it seems like teams are chi- chirping in and, and, and want to try and, and get that player. Uh, some of those teams that are uh, amongst the elite in the NFL, uh, Eagles and Dolphins are, are teams mentioned around Taylor. Um, Jacobs, from what I read, Wiz, seems like he's going to come into camp, but maybe I'm incorrect about that. Like he's going to allow this time to pass and not not incur any fines and, and report to camp and report to the team uh, before the season starts. Uh, do you feel that the odds have shifted away from kind of Jacobs versus uh, versus Taylor at this point in time? Yeah, I mean, I think there's two outcomes for Jacobs at this point. I mean, he's either sitting or he's going to play for the Raiders. While Taylor, there seems to be three. Not play, play for the Colts, or much more likelier than Jacobs, be traded. And this trade could happen, you know, um, he has until Tuesday, so it could happen over the next, you know, few days, few hours. Uh, Apparently there are teams, handful of teams interested, and two teams that have out and out made offers to the Colts. So, uh, We'll we'll see how it plays out, but it seems for sure that, that what's changed is Taylor and the Colts are much further apart than than Jacobs and the Raiders are in terms of uh, playing for those respective teams. Like I just don't see an outcome where Taylor plays for the Colts. I, I just think that situation has gotten nasty, and the comments by Ursay, and unless he walks something back or does something with Taylor, but uh, Jonathan Taylor is only 24 years old, so you know we may see a trade in, in the next few days. But uh, it's it's certainly interesting as uh, I'm sure drafts have already happened and are going to be happening while this is in limbo, and uh, it's very difficult what to do with a player like Taylor while this is going on. Yeah, and, in, and by the way, for the Colts, right, it impacts everything, right? How the running back uh, usage gets divided up. Is there a running back that comes back in a trade? All possible scenarios, right? right? How does this impact Anthony Richardson, rookie quarterback, who by all accounts will make some exciting plays, but certainly is going to have his struggles where, you know, when I look at Gardner, Gardner Minshew, he's, he's probably the safer choice at quarterback, uh, maybe the less sexy one. 
Uh, so I mean, there's there's so many different uh, appendages to to the outcome uh, that happens there, and, and and obviously Jacobs leading the league in rushing last year, uh, and the intent of of, of what the Ve- uh, Las Vegas Raiders want to do uh, is another important factor. So it does make life difficult if you're drafting this weekend, for example. Uh, but hopefully we do get some clarity as we get to the you know, really the boom period of uh, drafts, which will which will begin really next week. Right. All right. So uh, week the final week of the preseason is uh, started last night. Uh, it'll all be wrapped up. Rosters are going to be tidied up. So there's a lot of decisions and a lot of roster moves that'll be made. Players are going to get cut. Players will get signed by different teams. Uh, there'll be injury settlements. All kinds of moving parts. But. Uh, for the sake of this podcast, Wiz, you and I uh, are kind of looking at players that we're having difficulty ranking, uh, and and that's where we're going to start here today. Yeah, I'll start off, and uh, you know, I'm going to start off at quarterback, and uh, I've never thought I'd say this, but uh, Russell Wilson. Um, not only is he clearly, in my mind, not in that t- in the quarterback one category, I'm getting queasy even about drafting him as a backup quarterback, or drafting him as my second quarterback in super flex leagues. It doesn't look right there. Uh, injuries to the number three receiver, Jerry Judy, the number one receiver is going to miss some time. Uh, I know he has been an elite quarterback for many years before last year, and Sean Payton is one of the best play callers, but I am just completely baffled at this point what to do with Russell Wilson. I don't know where to rank this player. Uh, do you have some clarity on him? Uh, no, no, I don't. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think I think the Judy injury this week certainly creates a, a bigger challenge there, right? So we we know that Cortland Sutton's still there. A couple of there's a lot of there's a lot of old New Orleans Saints that have been brought in, right? And uh, Marcus Callaway is one of them, and the uh, the other guy, uh, little uh, what's his name, little John Humphrey, oh, Jordan Humphrey. little Jordan Humphrey. He, he he's there too. Uh, Marvin Mims is a rookie who's going to get uh, an opportunity to play earlier uh, because KJ Hamler is also away from the team with some heart issues. So this is this adds complexity to a situation where Russell Wilson just didn't look like the same player that he was last year. You know, let's see what his confidence is like. He has dropped a bunch of weight. He's been working out uh, in, in a diligent manner. Um, I don't know. And you also have questions at running back, right? Javante Williams, does he get back on the field in week one? Uh, Samaj P. Ryan has been brought in. Yeah, I don't know, Wiz. I'm uh, I, certainly not a quarterback one uh, conversation, but I'm kind of with you in that uh, I think before the Judy injury, I, I may have taken a chance on Russell Wilson as a, as a quarterback too, and I'm, I'm, I'm way less comfortable about that right now. Alrighty, and uh, what about you? Who do you want to start uh, start things off with here? You're going to think I'm nuts with this one, um, and, and I've made jokes about it to you in uh, some text chains and stuff like that. But watching everything that's going on in Cleveland right now is I, I have zero confidence in Deshaun Watson at the moment. When I, when I say z- zero, zero. Um, so I, I talked about this player. Um, earlier in the year where this is a guy who never played in foul weather before. So he's in Cleveland. He doesn't have to worry about that for the first couple of months of the season for certain. Uh, Back half of the season, uh, games that they play on the road and games that he's playing at home, obviously colder conditions. Um, 
I, I, uh, Amari Cooper is a player that I don't like when he's outdoors on grass. I just don't like that player. Uh, it's a player that I've lacked ownership with over the years in fantasy. Uh, Elijah Moore has gotten a lot of press this preseason. Uh, that 18 months of football off last year, we know how lousy uh, Watson looked at the start of, uh, when he came back last year in Week 12. And then you had all this stuff going on in the background where – you know, Mel Kuyper talked about Dorian Robinson-Thompson um, b- b- before the draft as being one of his top five quarterbacks in the draft. And here we are heading into the season, and that player is going to be the backup quarterback to Deshaun Watson. He's looked terrific in the preseason. Um, Watson, by all accounts, has looked terrible in, in both these mixed scrimmages and when he's been on the field in seven-on-sevens and 11-on-elevens. So count me, Wiz, as one that is extremely uncomfortable with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, in the last podcast we did, we talked about um, depth of position, strategies for drafts, and I mentioned that I was feeling queasy about some of these guys, uh, you know, being labeled as quarterback one. I didn't feel good about maybe more than eight or nine quarterbacks, and uh, one of the guys I talked about specifically was Deshaun Watson. Apparently, he hasn't looked good there. What adds to it is, like, you know, Stefanski's had some time here like I don't know if he's going to go in, in a year that could be he could be on the hot seat I don't know if he's going to die on the hill with Deshaun Watson if things start going south and the backup has got a lot of confidence so I'm with you um, what looked like a surefire quarterback one to me um, I'm not feeling that at this point uh, with, with less than two weeks this before the start of the season all right, well, let's uh, go to running back, Wiz. And the guy that I have in mind is a guy who really had a terrific rookie season, uh, but eyebrows went up when the Seattle Seahawks went out and drafted another running back, and that was Zach Charbonneau from UCLA. But Kenneth Walker Jr., who uh, I would have had if if he was not – if there was no changes made at the running back position coming into the season, he probably would have been close to a top 10 running back. Uh, I'm struggling with – how I'm ranking that player. There's a part of me that says, you know what, this guy is still going to be the guy there uh, and there's less to worry about uh, with Charbonneau. And then there's other parts of me that says, you know what, by the time the season starts to roll on, you could see his workload cut into a bit. So I do see some rankings where guys have him in their top 12, say, and I have others where he's more in that 15 to 20 range. Uh, So that is a player where... And, and, you know, we talked about this. This is a guy who ran off some monster plays last year. I think he had four plays over 50 yards last year. You can't ignore that type of explosiveness. So I'm struggling a little bit with uh, Kenneth Walker, the third, Wiz. Yeah, I I, I feel a little bit – I think I feel a little bit more confident in him. Uh, But I I agree with that ranking closer to 15 to 20 than inside the top 12. And part of it is Charbonnet. Part of it is the head coach kind of likes to get uh, usage from both his running backs. So if there was no Charbonnet, I would agree he'd be entrenched right there in that running back run, one grouping. But I think, you know, 15 to 20 seems about right to me. I think there's value there. Uh, be- earlier than that, not so much for me. 
And I, I do have one other running back whiz, which just when you look at him statistically, when he's been when he's been on the field, and that's J.K. Dobbins, who has just had unbelievable numbers, almost six yards a carry last year, and most people have him kind of at the back end of kind of like twenty five to thirty. Uh, and there's a lot of uncertainty around the player's contract situation as well. That, that's a second player whiz where, where, based on when he's on the field, what he does, uh, combined with the risks attached to the player, um, he's a complicated one for me. Yeah. What, the problem with J.K. Dobbins is not talent. It's two things. One, they just don't throw him the ball enough to make him – you know, um, in that grouping with, with some of the other guys that head for him. And then, you know, they're, they're using a few different running backs, but even when he's on the field, he's going to get vultured by Lamar Jackson for touchdown. So if you have a running back who is not going to be involved that much in the passing game and then is going to get, you know, some of those plays inside the five-yard line vultured by the quarterback because he's such an elite runner himself, uh, he – it, it it makes it for a difficult ranking, and I'm with you on that. Um, I like the player more than I like his ranking, if that makes any sense, because I just think he's not utilized in ways that puts him uh, in the top 15 or so running backs in yep. terms of fantasy football. Yep, yep, yep. So it makes perfect sense. And, I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the Denver Bronco theme. I mean, I am not only confused about where to rank – Javante Williams and Samaje P. Ryan, I'm not even sure which player should be ranked ahead of who. Javante Williams, you know, is was having a terrific year and he's a terrific player and he had that catastrophic injury. It's going to take time. It always takes players a year from the mental fear of certain cuts to the physical play of getting back to it. And Samaji P. Ryan has proven to be a good player. I mean, he's not he's not Austin Eckler, but he's a good player. So you have the injury versus another running back who's healthy, who's proven in these type of situations that he could carry the load when asked for. So do you have some clarity on where they should be ranked and who should be definitely ranked above who? I think there's parallels to the Denver situation and the Jets situation um, where the Jets brought very, in. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. So, so we, can, we can kind of talk. Yeah, so for the same reasons, right? For the same exact reasons. And, and I'm not sure and I'm not comfortable. I, I would have said I would be to, at the start of the season, uh, I'd be much more comfortable with the guys that are not coming off significant injuries. Um, the problem with Cook, it's a little bit different. I don't want to get off where you're going because Cook is learning a new system. So the Jet situation at the start of the season could look really messy when you kind of get guys like Bam Knight and uh, Michael Carter involved in, in the offense. And, and, you know, so that, 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 to, that, to me, the Jet running back situation will be impossible to figure out in the first five weeks of the season. Uh, where Denver, it's a little, for me, it's a little easier. I think at the start of the season, P. Ryan will be carrying the ball more than Javante Williams to start the season, like the first month. I think by the time the season is over, though, Javante Williams is probably going to be the preferable running back to own. Yeah, I just look at the history with Sean Payton, and 
his tailbacks just don't get a lot of carries in terms of one guy no. getting the lion's share of the carries. He likes to use a few different guys. He doesn't like to wear anyone out. So for all of those reasons, um, I find it difficult and interesting at the same time what to do with Williams and P. Ryan. Um, I, and speaking of duos, I'm going to just talk about this Tampa Bay wide receiver duo. And I thought you had such an interesting point about Godwin and Evans with the new quarterback. And you felt that Godwin and Brady were on the same page. And so many of those passes seemed to be plays called at the line of scrimmage based on what the defense was doing. And that is not going to happen this year. But yet, I look at these rankings, and the player that has fallen off the depths of the of the rankings here at wide receiver is Evans, who's barely ranked as a wide receiver three, somewhere in that wide receiver 30 to 35 range, and Godwin much higher in the 20s. So your thinking and your thought process on it is interesting and it makes sense, but yet when Tampa Bay duo is ranked this year, it seems they are expecting Evans to be the one that's going to suffer from not having Brady. So I ask you, when you look at this duo, um, should they be removed so far from relevancy? And which one do you feel better about? So I made the mistake last year uh, of discounting and avoiding uh, anything to do with the Seattle Seahawks at, at drafts last year. Uh, so that meant ignoring a player who I have two players who I've loved in the past, and that was DK Metcalf and especially Tyler Lockett. I've had an affinity for that player for some time. Um, and all unbelievably consistent, and I, and I thought they were going to fall off the face of the face of the earth with Geno Smith on the quarterback, and I was completely wrong about that. Um, the, the funny parallel to this is that uh, Canales, who's the offensive coordinator, was Geno Smith's offensive coordinator, is now Baker Mayfield's offensive coordinator. Um, right. So that's an interesting parallel. So I want to be careful about not discounting these players too much. I just think at the end of the day, uh, so I'd say this, Baker Mayfield actually surprised me last year. I, and you and I have been very critical of this player, particularly his, his footwork and his dedication and all that. You know, big fall from grace. I'm not comparing it to Johnny Manziel, uh, but a, a big fall from grace because the player actually had some success as an NFL quarterback uh, when he first came onto the scene. Uh, but has really lost some confidence, and, and really his footwork has been one of the biggest issues. So whether that's fixed or not remains to be seen. Uh, this is a team that attempted so many passes last year, uh, so you can't overlook the wide receivers because they don't necessarily have a terrific run-blocking scheme going on here. So, But it's not Tom Brady. <laughs> it's Baker Mayfield, and it's Kyle Trask if Baker Mayfield fails. So I, I just feel that if you looked at fantasy last year, Godwin was incredibly consistent in terms of performance, whereas even last year with Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Mike Evans disappeared for a number of weeks last year. Um, and forget it, not just the weeks where you've squared off against a player like Lattimore, for example. So I think it's really difficult um, pushing those pushing Evans all the way down to like ranking number three. It seems a little bit dangerous. Like I said to you, I thought that Baker Mayfield at times last year when he played for the Rams at the end of the season started to show a little bit of confidence. So I'm going to say in probably a few of my leagues, I will take my chances. But I'm I'm in the camp that there were just too much 
too much things that Tom Brady and Godwin did that I don't think that Baker Mayfield can replicate. So I think Evans has more upside than Godwin in this offense. Yeah, and then if you're looking at like that, you're probably going to get some very, very good with value uh, based on you know what what how people are ranking that duo. So I only had one tight end left. Did you have any wide receivers that you had uh, wanted to talk about? I want to talk about Christian Watson. Uh, I think there's a case where Christian Watson, I think two things could happen here. I don't know because there's a lot of different playmakers, a lot of young receivers, um, including the tight end Musgrave and Romeo Dubs and Jordan Reed. And there's a lot going on here. Uh, young young guys, young offense. Um, there's a fairly big disparity between uh, Watson and Dubs, and, and I'm okay with that. Um, but I think there's an argument that can be made. Some people can, uh, you know, there's an argument that, Christian Watson is a top 15, top 12 wide receiver this year. And there's an argument that I'm getting ahead of myself. You know, he was a big playmaker last year. And I'm struggling if I feel like he can get to that next level as soon as this year or not. Uh, And that's kind of where I'm thinking. But I'm leaning in the view that Christian Watson explodes onto the scene this year, Wiz. Yeah, I mean, he's he's on everyone's list of breakout wide receivers and and I understand that but the the one pause for cause that I have with Watson is it's 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 a little more difficult to break out as a wide receiver when you're hoping the quarterback is breaking out at the same time while Garrett Wilson and Jalen Waddle and Chris Olave they have more established quarterbacks throwing them the ball so I agree with Watson, you know, certainly on that list, and he could be one of the biggest breakout wide receivers this year. But that's the one thing that's holding it back a little bit for me is the the quarterback is having his first year as well. Okay, good point. And you said you had one tight end. Yeah, George Kittle. George Kittle's probably the best tight end in football. I mean, if you're starting a team, the guy blocks like an offensive lineman. He's probably the fastest tight end in the National Football League, but he plays the game so hard. He's involved so much in the in the run game, the blocking, and 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 just the the difficulty. It just seems with that player of staying on the field. Am I overthinking it? Is is it as simple as after Andrews and Kelsey and Hawkinson and and maybe Waller that you just take you just take Kittle or? Is that a real pause for cause and concern with the injury status where you're kind of saying, okay, I kind of want to wait until the end of the draft, the wait rounds, and I want to take uh, Chico Quanco. I want to take, um, uh, you know, a, a different uh, a Tyler Higby, a, a player like that. So I'm having a difficult time thinking, is it as easy as just taking him as a top five tight end? Or am I overthinking it? No, I don't think you're overthinking it. And then last year, he his even though his fantasy results were strong last year, that was a byproduct of touchdowns, right? He 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 had 700 something yards receiving. He missed a few games, as you said. Um, there are other options in this offense with Debo Samuel, obviously Christian McCaffrey and 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 Brandon Ayuk. So I don't think you're overthinking it. There are a lot of weapons in the offense, uh, and as a result of that, I don't think George Kittle is a top five ten end. I think he. I think because it also because he, as much as he does in the run game, I think that's a big problem. So George Kittle uh, doesn't make that top five for me, Wiz, and I think there are risks attached to the player, as great a player as he is. 
I agree with that. And uh, that's a wrap for me. Any other players? Yeah, I got, I, I got a guy who's moving up my draft boards. Um, I still have the picture in my mind of the play he made on Thanksgiving against the Giants last year. And I know this offense is going to look a little bit different. But Jake Ferguson, to me, was, is a tricky one. I think there's a case that you can see him. Uh, and, and, and again, Mike McCarthy is going to be more involved in the offense this year, uh, calling calling plays and stuff. Kellen Moore has moved on to the, the Chargers. Uh, I'm struggling with this player. I think in, in a lot of rankings, people have him kind of at the back end of like, you know, 2022, something like that. Uh, but there's a few people that have started to move Jake Ferguson way up their list. When you look at Jake Ferguson, the thing that comes to mind is you, the Cowboys know something the rest of us don't. Um, I think it was a little interesting why they were just okay with letting Dalton Schultz go. And this could be just one of these type of players that's big and athletic. And now given the opportunity, he could be one of these tight ends that gets right into that top 12 um, out of nowhere. And you just get the impression that the Cowboys know something the rest of us do not. And he's going to be unleashed this year. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That's kind of uh, you know. I, I think some people don't have that view, and then there's a few others that have started to, to kind of have that view. So that, that's what I would say about Jake Ferguson. Alrighty. So uh, we talked about uh, a handful of players each that we uh, had a tough time ranking, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see how it plays out. But I, I think when it comes to these things, it's all about when you have these players. It's about at what point does the player become a value pick? Yeah. Definitely agree. All right. Well done, Wiz. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Make sure you're listening. More to come as the week rolls on. So, Wiz, enjoy, and we'll speak later. You got it.